Hello, sports and spaghetti listeners. This episode has been brought to you by Underground's Record Cafe. Go get some breakfast or lunch and some records only at Underground's Record Cafe, 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. And find them on Instagram at Underground's Record Cafe. Now, on to the episode. Yeah, here we go. We're recording. We're recording. It's episode 46. It's almost 52, and you know what that means. Wow. It's almost time to go back to WXCI? Correct, but <laughs> episode episode 52, there's 52 weeks in a year. Granted, we missed a few, but we'll be at a year of sports and spaghetti, baby. What started out as a little dream is a slightly bigger dream, dream. Um, b- but it, it says a lot to have been on the airwaves for almost a year i'm pretty sure uh well the week after presidents is our anniversary yep. because we're going back on wxci on february 17th nick you are m- more than welcome to join us for that i don't think you'll be awake for that oh god i need him to talk over kyle just add one more person to talk there over was kyle. a chance that Steve was going to show up. And I'm still talking to Steve. Now that would be epic. We got to get back to the roots. Back to the roots. Let's see if we can yeah. Let's see if we can get Andrew just to pop his head in. If we like, could get it. I do mean both. I do mean both. Just that. one line and leave. That's all we need. But we're going to be back on WXCI on the 17th, which is exciting. And it's going to be cool because the difference this time I is. I have a beard. It's, you have a full beard. What a difference a year it's makes. It's crazy. Here, like, let me see if I can find the picture for Nick. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. completely yeah. no beard, and that was not clean shaven. Huh. You guys look very different. Yeah, I did? Yeah. Well, I have a few differences. Yeah. Now, listen. In a year, though, that's not what I was even talking about. I was talking about we have been a, a podcast team. What? That was not. That was at the football game. Well, yeah, isn't that WXCI? Yeah, but yeah, that but was that was, re- that was re- that was relatively that was right before I left for Hawaii. So it was like October. <laughs> that was right before Hawaii. That was a fun. That was a fun car ride. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was a fun that car. That was a great car ride. Anyway, I uh, no, we've been on the airways for almost a year, and we have a rapport, and we have this, uh, you know, this play playoff of each see other. If now. We could, see if we could wrangle up Lori. To be a guest. Oh. That'd be nice. That would be fun. You know, we've got a little bit of pull now, but we have this like teamwork going. And so it'll be it'll be very much less nerve wracking. Right? It'll be less of a homecoming and more of a We've done this before. Oh yeah. I was talking to my I was talking to my dad because I was just I was, you know, joking. I was like, Oh, we're sports media and blah blah blah. Because we, we are sports media, yeah. And I was like, Yeah, we have ten years of shared experience. And he's like, I hope you mean all Chris. I was like, Well, I have two years and Chris has the rest. <laughs> That's true. And he's like, What do you mean? You've only called a few games. I was like, Dad, I called every we called every home game, brother. Like where where yep. have you been? We we did every home. That was game. a season of they, football. They want us back next year for all the home games they, again. They won every game we called <laughs> in convincing fashion. Yep. At that. Yep. And uh, 
So it's going to be a much different vibe on the 17th. This year, I'm going to be driving at some ungodly hour of the morning to pick up Kyle from Reading, <laughs> just because the, I had to bribe him last year with a with a breakfast sandwich. And um, did I meet you guys there? Yeah, yeah. yeah we were still yeah. like, like just kind of not like this relationship no, gotta, at all. We got to get we got to get Big Stevie in there. Oh, we got to get Steve Wasserman into the <laughs> studio. Again, we'll get him going about the Eagles It'll to hear easy. his voice again is would be like <laughs> soothing to my soul. I swear to you. And now I don't know if there's any single ladies out there, but the voice of Steve Wasserman is <laughs> not <laughs> soothing. Steve. It's not, not soothing. Oh, that's OK. You know, Kyle's on the radio, too. Kyle he is. does. He does like Facebook lives every night with the, his, the guy's name's Errol Marks. Uh, talking about names, throwing around names here. This guy Errol Marks, and they um, they talk for like three hours every night. Sounds like Kyle. That's a, uh, he, if you could, if you got it in you, then go for it. Kyle I, has it in him. I don't have three straight hours in any day to talk nope. about sports, um, even when the Islanders are playing. Hey Benny, how you doing? Everybody, that's Benny. Thank you. No, there's no like death bell. Oh, there we go. The crow. The crow. All right. Um, so. Anyway, our dinner tonight, and another thing that Nikki tried today, uh, Anthony really loved it too, was lemon uh, chicken orzo, a dish I've made about four or five times. Um, we wanted something Greek and tzatziki sauce. Sauce, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sauce. Tzatziki. Tzatziki. First time I've ever had it. I've ever made it, I, I should say. First time, first time I've ever it, had it. Yeah. First time I've ever made it. Not had it. I've never made anything really Greek, um, but we'll have to it, do a few Greek episodes, most definitely. I know we do. We got to do the lamb. Oh yeah, that whole with the fresh past and all that. Yes. Yeah, we'll do that eventually. We need the lamb, but uh, yeah, lemon chicken orzo, a real easy recipe. Um, before I get into the specifics of it, uh, Nick, tell them what you thought. Um. All right. It was the taste of the orzo was good. Um, but the texture was terrible. It tasted like termites in my mouth or something like that. Maggots. It was like squirming around while I was trying to eat it. And I really didn't like it in that sense, but the taste was fine. And the chicken was gas. I'll give you that one. Shout out the lemon chicken. The orzo. No, I didn't try the tzatziki sauce either. And I probably will never, but That's you okay. know what? So if we're going to keep a tally for all of our, for all of our people following and TikTok and such, and we can make a graphic for it on Instagram if we'd like. Sweet potato is a nay. Orzo is a nay. Lemon chicken is a yay, though. Orzo is an A. It's eh. An eh. Oh, it's an eh? Oh, so, Orzo. We can... so we have one of each. Okay. So this was substantially better than last week. Yeah, this is better than sweet potato. I can't wait to get him on something outrageous. I cannot wait. Well, we're trying a staple next week. We're trying a... I'm not going to say it on the air, but we're trying... And he's sweating already. We're trying a... A comfort food staple straight from TT's kitchen. That would be my mother. I'm sure you can imagine what it is. The Sabrina absolutely loves. Oh, you better <laughs> believe she does. And uh, that's what we're trying next week. So stay tuned for that. But this was lemon chicken orzo, uh, real easy. Brown the chicken in some olive oil in the Dutch. Use a Dutch oven if you've got one. If you don't, that's fine. The Dutch oven's better. Um, 
You brown the chicken on both sides. Don't cook it all the way through. You could use thighs or breasts. Actually said use breasts. I'm on a cut. I was not going to use thighs. Sorry, Anthony. Um, then you take the chicken out. You put the butter in. A couple tablespoons of butter. Put the lemon slices in. S sear the lemon slices. I almost said saute. Kind of the same. Sear the lemon slices on both sides quick, like a minute each, not even. Put them on top of the chicken so that the lemon, as it as it bursts out, kind of seeps into the chicken. While that's happening, you um, you add the orzo pasta and the garlic. Okay? Um, let that toast for about three minutes. White wine to deglaze. Okay? White wine to deglaze. Um, after the deglazing, you add two and a half cups of chicken broth. Um, bring it to a boil. Slide, and I do mean slide. It's it's slide, like a slip and slide. The chicken and lemons back, nestled into the orzo and in, in the in the cooking sauce, and pop the whole thing in the oven uncovered for about fifteen minutes. That's it. And it was deli shoes, Chris. It was absolutely delicious. Now, for those <clears throat> wondering why Nick is like mm, termites, but it's pasta, Nick. Uh, not Nick. Chris, explain to the listeners what orzo is. Well, orzo is a tiny little pasta. It's it's a little. It it really does look like a maggot if you want to. It lets it's it's looks like rice. It's like rice grains. You could. It's it's bigger than a grain of rice. Yes, but it really does look like rice, especially when it's uncooked. It's almost the same size. Yeah, it's like a surfboardish shape. Yeah, very small. The point of it is not to be served with like a tomato sauce like you would eat pasta with uh, you know other pasta it's meant to be included in a dish almost taking the place of somewhere rice could go it gives it a completely different texture and flavor completely like like for example the lemony sauce that was on the orzo was clinging to it and that's why it had that it, it, i don't want to say slimy because it was I, like slick it's slick. That's what orzo does because it's got a lot of it's got the starch. There's not a lot of places for it to go. It cooks in a liquid, and you're not draining the liquid, so it retains all of that starchiness, stickiness to it. And so that's the way orzo should taste. It's okay not to like the texture for the reason that you don't like it. It's just fine, but that's what it should taste like. And speaking of what it should taste like, Chris, I have to, I just, I have to, this is for you, buddy. Tzatziki sauce. Um, I honestly based this meal around wanting to eat that because I've been craving it for some odd reason. Um, Something you want to like, tell us? Me? Yeah. No. Oh, you're not pregnant? Me, myself? I might look it, but no. <laughs> no, I'm not, unfortunately. Um but I've been craving tzatziki sauce for a while. Um, and I, I told Chris, I was like, we can do some sort of lemon chicken with rice or orzo. And he's like, nah, orzo, I got it. I have the recipe. And I was thinking I was going to come home from work and have to make said or, or go to the, you know, the playroom after work and have to say make said sauce because I've made it a hundred times before. To my surprise, I get here and it's made exactly how I would have made it. And I'm so proud of him from that. He found the recipe. Yeah. Recipe aligned with how I make it. I'm so happy. 
and it was great. So, Chris, I was going to explain this. How do we make tzatziki sauce? I now know how. I took two containers, two small containers of Greek yogurt, plain Greek yogurt. I got the. F- I'm gonna I'm gonna interject. I'm sorry. Um, traditional recipes call for full fat. I don't know if you were gonna say that. I was just about to get to that. Okay. Again, I'm in. A, I'm on a cut. I did get fat free Greek you, yogurt. You could taste a little bit of the difference. And the reason why I did is only because of my. I didn't want all of the fat. Yeah, of, uh, that is, was a selfish thing. Which is fair. The only the and only, I didn't know to be fair. To the, be honest with the you, the difference I didn't tell you. The difference I just said Greek yogurt. The difference, right, is the fat free is going to have that. It's going to have. I don't know. It has that like. I don't want to say like back like that that tangy. It's more tangy. I think. Yes, whereas, you're right. Whereas the uh, the regular full fat is going to be a little fuller. I so that's, that's the only difference. There's really like I said. There's really no difference. So it doesn't really matter. But for people that are like, ooh, I don't like this. It's not as creamy as I thought it was. That's the reason. That's why. So I I like that you said that because I when I tasted it at first, I kind of thought that. I was like, and and to be fair on the recipe, it did say specifically full fat, but I didn't check the recipe until I got home. During my prep today is when I went to the store so I could get started right when I got home. So I didn't have time to look up the recipe. I had a half hour to be leaving school go to the store then get back to work so <laughs> it's not that proud, long proud of that i don't know how i did it but um i t- i planned my afternoon very well and so anyway you take the that i took two useful fat i used the fat free came out fine um of greek yogurt um and then the coolest part was the cucumber so when aunt said cucumber i was like all right how and then it said grate it took a separate bowl and I grated a cucumber the whole thing with the skin and everything I did not peel it I like the skin and what the recipe said which was interesting to me was to put it in a paper towel and squeeze out some of the excess moisture I was like this makes sense you don't want it to be too watery I'll tell you what I probably squeezed out half of it and there was plenty more um put that in uh on top of the yogurt um and then I added uh, the juice, uh, a tablespoon of lemon juice. I grated one clove of garlic. And then I chopped up some dill, fresh dill. And the dill really, really sends it, sends the flavor. That's, I think, what, what does it. But like the finishing touch, mix it all together. And what I love about it, I'm not saying it's my favorite sauce, but what I love about it is how cucumbery it is. It's my top, I'd say top three sauce. And I told Chris, I was like, listen, love you. I'm taking this home. Not all of it. I'll leave you some. I'm taking most of it home. Take as much as you want. Now, the reasoning, right? We have the pita, which homemade pita will be its own recipe, but it's very, very easy. I've done it before a bunch of times. Very easy. Uh, you can do it with homemade, the soft pita, hard pita chips. You could put it on, uh, you know, put it on grilled chicken and it's good by itself. You could use it as a side. It's very versatile. And the reasoning behind why I like it so much personally is because it will take to any other dish you put it on. So, yes, dill has a strong flavor, but the cucumber, the dill, the garlic, the lemon it really will enhance and and kind of be a chameleon sauce. 
when with you, anything. When you squeeze the water out of the cucumber, Nick, do you like cucumbers? Okay. When you squeeze the water out of it, it looks really green and icky. Healthy. It looks very healthy. I think what that does. Oh, a little bit of salt, too. I forgot about that. And olive oil on top. And olive oil, which we talked about after. Um, what the what that does is it like concentrates the cucumber flavor. It really does. Because I wasn't expecting to taste cucumber and it's got that like cooling flavor. It it really, really surprised me with how it I mean, I was like, I've never made this, but it tastes good, I think. Yeah, and as soon as I tasted it, I was like, This is perfect. I was so happy. You know, speaking of the cooling flavor, Anthony, I remember you saying something about mint in it. Yeah, so I'm extremely anti-mint, um, being the little oily Greek kid that I am. I've never experienced that, uh, but I do have to say I, I tried it for the first time at a restaurant by my Cromwell office, and they put mint in it, and it just didn't taste right. I'm assuming that's more of a Middle Eastern twist to it, um, kind of how you know Middle Eastern and Greek food, it's pretty much the same thing um so i think that's more of like the middle eastern twist type thing to it but i've never been a big mint it adds a sweetness where there doesn't need to be a sweetness um at least in my opinion so because we can all agree mint is sweet but you know it just doesn't i don't think it needs it i wasn't raised with it i didn't grow up with it so i just like it i like it traditional i don't think mint is bad ever to me but i don't think i'd like it in this no, I mean, it's not bad because you have that cooling that goes with it, but it's that cooling sweetness where you the got mint, that cucumber the cooling mint, you off already. The mint takes over very yes. easily. Yeah, especially very if it's easily. peppermint. Peppermint, in particular, just robs every other flavor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see where I could see where you use it, but, I mean, let's be real. Like, everybody talks about the Yitos or the Gyros or whatever, and the, for the most part, the ones you've eaten, you and I, uh, have eaten have been traditionally a beef lamb mix so it goes well on that goes well on chicken traditional yetos are pork a lot of people don't realize that greeks don't eat as much lamb as people think they eat lamb not as much beef, beef as people think it's mostly pork um but that's another thing where you know it's it, it just like i said it just takes on every other flavor so you don't want something that's going to overwhelm the dish yeah so, and that certainly doesn't overwhelm anything. Like it takes to anything. Yeah. I mean, I I like that dish, the orzo, by itself. But you're like, add the sauce. I forgot. And it re- it really does bring it, it to really a totally does different bring it level, out. especially the chicken. Because listen, anytime you cook chicken, especially chicken breast, it can be dry. If especially if it's not first done. Mm-hmm. Like I made this a few hours ahead of time. So again, it's not done hot and ready fresh i had to warm it back up which is fine still fresh but that sauce was perfect uh so to my unexperienced food palate the uh tzatziki whatever kind of looked like or sounded like uh like ranch or like veggie dip like what makes it different you could dip vegetables in that for sure it's not ranch though because ranch is mostly onion it's like oniony. Yeah, ranch has the granulated onion. There's still dill and everything like that. There is dill, um, but, but it's, it's completely different. Yeah, ranch is like mayo based. I don't know if you knew that. It may, and it's yeah. cream. It's it's not yogurt. Whereas it's this is yogurt. again, it's yogurt, and this is big with your Mediterranean, Middle Eastern cooking, where they use a lot of yogurt to get the cream factor without 
using i mean it's it is dairy but without using this is the only time you're going to get something that's super creamy that's not heavy right it's not yeah because it's yogurt it's very healthy because like like ranch right you can dip veggies and ranch but ranch is going to be heavy and it's going it's, to take nutritional value away from whatever you're eating this is healthy yeah it's and, very healthy and it's i mean it really does just brighten your day it do, it's like it sounds stupid but it's like the way all of the flavors bounce back off of each other it's like it really lightens anything you're gonna eat it you can taste every ingredient in it too very rarely do you see that, but I think it's actually really funny. It's a fun, it's a fun thing. Because even in the lemon chicken and the, with the orzo, you can't taste the wine per se. Yeah. You can't taste the chicken broth. It's going to elevate it, these things. It's yeah. all in there. It's all one flavor. But in the tzatziki, tzatziki, you can literally taste every step of it. And, it, and it's, it's funny too because if you take let's say you take five different different bites bite one you're like i'm gonna focus on the cucumber you're gonna taste more cucumber yep. bite two you're gonna be like i'm gonna focus on the lemon you could taste the lemon. the lemon bite three let me focus on the garlic bite four it's the dill bite yeah. five it's like just straight yogurt yogurt yeah. you can really you can really compartmentalize each different flavor but together it's just it's it's perfect really good it's perfect this is this is a top tier when we come out with our sports and spaghetti cookbook this is going to be one of our essential sauces. Absolutely. I, I love it, Aunt. That's good stuff, man. I'm glad I made it. Before we move on, as the producer, I don't think I checked off on this title of uh, this section. Luckily, you're not the creator. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the creator. All That's right. the problem. All right. And I'll, let's get into it. Yeah, the t we could say the title when I talk about uh, one of my points here in no particular. We're going to get right into no particular order. You've heard it before, ladies and gentlemen. This is the good. This is the bad. This is the eh. This is Mr. Walker. This is in no particular order. Yep, it's Mr. Walker. After hours. I beat my pants. I <laughs> the chipper. <laughs> the doll. It's almost time. It's one month away. Isn't it the same classroom? Yes. <laughs> I love that. Jippica. You ever heard the Jippica? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, oh, that's an off. I've already told this story on the air here. Um, that is. Uh, that was when uh, I. That was when I sliced my ball into the chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> that is what he did. That isn't it. There's no big horns on Bighorn Mountain Golf Course. No, not a one. Not a not one. A, not a one. Not a one. Oh, we were slumming it that day, and Eli was having his way with us. I I finished the year on such a high note golf-wise, too. That was the first round I played in the simulator ever, and boy, did I look like I was, I looked like it was the first time I ever played golf. Him and I were neck and neck, Nick. No offense to you, but oh, I no, play I a lot of golf. I don't. Oh, man, that was funny. I, we were on the ground laughing about the Jepricon. The bad this week. Nick is mad at the title. As you know, the title is Lemon Chicken Orzo and Taylor's Version. And that is why I made the title that. Just, I, I you know, I was very vindictive huh, in this title because I knew you were going to hate it. And I know other listeners are going to be like, you didn't have to name it that. Why'd you name it that? I'm going to get an email from Felipe. I'm gonna get it's it. clickbait. It's clickbait. 
I'm going to get an email from Felipe. Why'd you name it that? Well, click it and listen. Find out why. <laughs> Here's the problem. The Taylor Swift nonsense is going from eh, last week to the bad this week. I'm bringing it up. You know why I'm bringing it up? Because everybody else is talking about it. It is pretty bad. It is nonsense. It is the way that that men. Nope. The (laughs) the way that men, the way that men, and men should really be ashamed of themselves as a man, um, because you've got these fifties and sixty-year-old men with their college-age daughters who are watching these games, and even their two-year-old daughters. Okay, maybe five or seven-year-olds as well. (laughs) Maybe even twenty-eight. And these guys are saying, get off the screen, get off the screen. She's a money-making machine for the league, first of all, okay? And you, if anybody should love this, as a Swifty, he is a Swifty. Oh, when We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together came out, it was on the iPod every day. And you should love the fact that she's getting all this screen time. These guys saying get off the screen are are in the time where women are trying still to to gain equity in the world. Um, two people love each other. Let it happen. So what if the media publishes it? Go on with your day. I'm tired of people complaining about it. I want the Chiefs to win the whole thing now because I'm sick of people. I'm sick of people, and there's a few people in particular that I'm talking about at my job. And they'll never hear this. I'm not going to drop names. But it's the same nonsense every day. Oh, man. Did you see Taylor Swift? Really? They don't even realize. They're they're like fueling the fire for her. They're, like, I'm not even a fan of her music, really. I know my friend John Oko is going to cry at that. But I'm not even the biggest fan of hers. But I think it's so funny how much people hate her. And so I just... I just want them to win now, just so everybody can be mad about it. Do you want me to tell you why? Why? Who's the biggest Knicks fan of all time? Spike. Yeah. Who is the biggest, quite possibly the biggest Lakers fan of all time? I don't know. who is Jack it? Nichols. Okay. He's at all the games. Yeah. Um, how many times has the NBA thrust the Knicks into the spotlight, no matter how good or how bad they are, just because of Spike Lee? A lot. Just because of Spike no. Lee. Thank you. Well, as a Knicks fan, I mean, they show him all the time. They show him changed. all the they show him all the time. Yeah, they did the whole Colin Coward where they they did more time, but the the NBA has never changed their profile to say, "Oh, we're Spike Lee's biggest fan." Okay, we're this, we're that. So it literally seems like, especially with how I mean, we can say the Chiefs got a lot of calls. They did. So did the Ravens. Ravens missed a lot of calls, so it was even. It goes both ways. Just it's just how it's going to happen, but. With how the media is portraying everything, what do you expect the fans to think? The fans are expecting the NFL to rig games and to fix games to keep Taylor Swift in the spotlight as long as possible and this and that. And it's it's not the NFL's issue. It's a media issue. So I understand what you're coming from. But I, I sent this to you guys as soon as the game ended, right? Taylor Swift has generated in 16 weeks... $331.5 million, which is the equivalent of a brand value that she has generated for the NFL and the Chiefs. So I can understand if you're the NFL, yeah, keep putting her on the screen because she's making you money. But in doing that, you're going to lose your core fans. You're going to get all of these sour grapes people 
you're going to get all these sour Ravens fans that are like, oh, they, they fixed the game. Well, first off, Lamar choked. They choked that game away. Second off, you, it just it makes no sense. She was on the screen for, I think, 10 combined seconds. I understand what the issue is, right, where it's Isaiah Pacheco runs in for a touchdown, let's pan it over to Taylor. She has nothing to do with him. I get that. But they're making a spectacle of Taylor Swift because she is a spectacle in, in herself. She's a superstar. And so is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, it's a, they're, they are a power couple. They're a superstar couple on both sides. But it has a lot less to do with, I mean, ever since the Super Bowl last year, what are the two things that have been shoved down your throat? The Kelsey brothers, and now it's Travis's relationship with with Taylor Swift. And it had to do with the New Heights podcast and, and, and all the stuff like that. So I like I get I get it, but it's like the NFL is doing a bad job at marketing the other players. Right? It's we've seen this with the with the MLB and I, I was talking to one of my coworkers and they were saying like this is like if Shohei Otani got all of the calls every single time and he never struck out looking and he always got the questionable strike and this and that. Like that's like them pushing it. That's what it seems like with this whole Kelsey and Chiefs debacle. Anthony's being nicer than he should be. You're absolutely delusional. Um, that's how I'm going to start this. First of all, yes, I am a Swifty. So that's why I have a right to be annoyed at what's happening. If I wanted to see Taylor Swift, I would go to a concert. No, you if I wanted to see Taylor Swift, I'd load her up on Spotify. I'd go on YouTube. I'd go to the movie theater and watch the Reputation Tour or the Era Tour or this or that. I'm watching football, sir. And, and, and you know what? And you know what? At me. Listen to this. You know there was a graph made about how much she was shown in the game in the, against the Ravens. Okay. And there was a graph shown, and it was so, posted on Twitter. So? And it was shown that she was only on there for about, like, 12 seconds. Yeah. What about The it? fact that a graph is being <laughs> made great. to show how much screen time she's getting <laughs> just proves the problem. This is unbelievable. Okay? It's, it's preposterous. I just think people are so have you, ridiculous. Have you ever gone to a sports game? Yes. Okay. And when you go to the sports game and you're sitting there and there's a TV timeout and the Jumbotron's up there, what usually comes out on the Jumbotron? The celebrities. Wow, the celebrity cam. Why is Taylor? Why is there a Taylor Swift cam? She's a celebrity. How many other celebrities are at the game? Who cares? Exactly. So why does she need to be on the TV the whole thing? Be- because what Anthony just said. She's because a money she maker. brings in the money. Okay, so I think... All NFL fans have a right to be annoyed at what's happening. It's not her fault at all. I mean, if I could, at all, if I taught fault, a, if I taught but it's kindergarten for another year and made three hundred thousand dollars, I'd do it because it's where the money is. I mean, the NFL well, is going to do, do it, it anyway. If you get three hundred thousand, not. I know, but uh, well, I might know. I'm I'm leaving that place if I have to teach kindergarten again. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, no, I just think the whole thing is so silly. Why people are so mad about? Uh, I, it's not it's not you two because you two are not typical sports fans. You're sports fans that can analyze something and see other sides. I'm talking about the casual fans like the people I work with or somebody at the grocery store, okay? Joe Schmo who says Oh, did you see that Taylor Swift? That's what I'm talking about. 
Uh, you got to get her out of there. You couldn't name five current NFL players. No, but I get it because to them, yeah, they're casual sports fans. They don't pay attention. And the only thing they're seeing about the NFL is Taylor Swift. Why is it not that Patrick Mahomes is in a Super Bowl again? Why is it that, not that Travis Kelsey just broke Jerry Rice's record? Why is that not what's being put out on the media right now? Glaze the Chiefs all you want, but glaze the Chiefs, not Taylor Swift. And Travis Kelsey's love story on the field. I don't care if he's proposing to her after the game. Why is there a betting line for you, that? You think he's going to? No, I don't. I that mean, what, so have they, what have they been together for six months, if that? <laughs> the casual sports fans should be seeing. Yeah, but isn't oh, that awesome hey, that there's a hey, betting Chris, line out there? Hey, Chris, did you hear that Travis Kelsey broke Jerry Rice's record <laughs> the other game? Not <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, because that's all they see, I man. Think it's fantastic. That's all they see. I think it's so funny. I mean, Nikki does have a point there. Like with us, where we're watching every single game, I could see that happening. But like, I can understand if you're if you're a casual, like I mean, I don't want to call him like Demersky, like being a casual. Yeah. Like watching that game, it was like, oh, why is she always on the screen? Like I I get it now, but it's like that. That's the thing is like, but that's only because he's heard people talk about it. Yeah, and it's the thing where it's like sports fans, like we know the biggest Knicks fan is Spike Lee, so. If you're a casual watching a Knicks game and he's courtside and they pop this camera over to him occasionally or, like, if he's up behind the bench clapping, you'd probably be like, why is this guy on the screen all the time? The casual knows, but it's like, again, it's the, the NBA has never pushed the Spike Lee agenda. They've never, they've never made it, you know, they've never given the Knicks the questionable calls and stuff like that. Well, they might have, but not recently. So I get it, but, again, it's like if you were watching – something if you were watching like chopped right or like iron chef and i'm trying to think of like somebody that just comes on the screen elton no we know elton's gonna oh. be there uh so you're watching i don't know you're alex guarnichelli no uh, somebody that's not a chef oh. chris so let's say the you're barefoot contest i can't stand her let's say you're watching <laughs> let's say you're watching iron chef and there's every 15 minutes it just pans over, and it's like, I don't know. It's like Mia Hamm in the, in the crowd. And you're like, why? Why? why is, like, why do we keep seeing Mia Hamm? Oh, well, she's dating well, she's, mar- she's married to Nomar Garcia Parra. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but it's like, I, I understand. That's another thing. You just reminded me of <laughs> oh, another point I had. Go, this is why it's called Taylor's version. No, listen to me. Um, <laughs> what's his name? I don't know his name, honestly. But you don't see Simone Biles have a camera every game because she's the man's trash she is nearly as big of a, a celebrity as taylor swift oh no dude in, in no, okay in no. athletics in every athletics, four years in athletics, in athletics every four in years. athletics she's she's arguably the greatest gymnast of all time every four years she's arguably the greatest gymnast of all time what are you saying right now she might, and you're telling me she's not big she is How many gold Lucan's she pretty good too Sean Johnson was a legend. Has she ever had a camera at the game? You know in the kids' version? You know there's like a kids' version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know there's a Taylor Swift cam in the kids' version? Like, she's on this TV the whole because game. Because kids like her! Kids don't care about Simone Biles! What? Bro, are you kidding me? 
Kids fifth, don't care about the best gymnasts in the world? The fifth graders at school don't care about Simone Biles. So the reason, Nick, the reason why Simone Biles doesn't have a camera or, uh, at the game is because Simone Biles has 7.1 million Instagram followers as the best gymnast. Not debatably. She is, she is. the best gymnast Absolutely. of all time. Absolutely. And this is not she to downplay is, her at she all. She is so good that they had to make rules where she couldn't do certain moves because nobody else can do them. And this is not me debating her, by no, the way. She's she has absolutely unbelievable. 7.1 million Instagram followers. Taylor Swift has 279 million Instagram okay, followers. Okay, and there's the difference. So they are not on even close to the same plane. Yes, Simone Biles is maybe maybe the biggest female athlete of our time. Maybe. I think she is. I think everybody knows who she is. But I also know that her husband or... Jonathan Owens, her hu- right? Husband. They're married. Yes. He's he's also nothing com- of what Travis Kelsey is as a player, and he's also not in the Chiefs. No, but again, I I understand. Like I understand. I'm going to use Nick's terminology. Like the the Chiefs have been getting glazed for the last half a decade, the last yeah. five six years. It's happened, and now it just adds on top of that the fact that they're adding in all of the Taylor Swift publicity, like. If Taylor Swift was dating Mark Andrews, nobody would care. Right. If Taylor Swift was dating George, like Olivia Culpo is Christian McCaffrey's fiance, and she doesn't get a camera at the game because she doesn't bring in the money. So it's like I definitely understand it. And again, this is nothing the Chiefs did wrong. This is nothing Taylor did wrong. This is almost exclusively on the media. Yeah, and it that's. Is. I, agree. I have a feeling that the NFL is telling the broadcast oh, networks you need to show her after every scoring play. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, without a doubt, having sat in media trucks uh, on live productions, yes, that's something that would get sold because they don't care in behind the scenes. They, whatever they say yeah. you have to do. And, and it's absurd that they post like pictures of her and Travis and well, earlier in the season, they did something where they said, like, what are you- the uh, the NFL changed their uh, they changed their Instagram bio to like we're Swifties too or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. And then they said like, oh, the Chiefs are four and zero. Yeah, yeah, because they lost Week One to the Lions and then they went four and zero. Right, and they, and they keep dropping like name dropping her songs in the commentary, and they like include her album covers and graphics and stuff. Like, come on. Another another one that's good. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the flights to uh, Vegas, uh, one of the flights is 1989 and the other one's 87. Like they literally made the flight numbers Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. 87. So they literally like changed. So like I can see it where it's like, oh, this is going to be a money grab. More people are watching. To be fair, more people are watching the NFL like statistically than ever before. I think the the last game was the fourth most watched uh, sporting event that wasn't a Super Bowl ever. Yeah, and it was a game between the Ravens <laughs> and the Chiefs. Those aren't your marquee teams. This isn't this isn't Dallas and this isn't Dallas and Pittsburgh back in the day, or even Miami and Dallas or Miami and Pittsburgh or whatever it is. Miami and San Francisco. Or even like, the Giants. Yeah, it's just, it's it's funny to me that she's, you know, they're going to run with it because she's caught, she's bringing all this attention, whether it be positive or negative. There's no yep. such thing as bad publicity. 
That's right. Good. Uh, uh, any press is good press. So if I mean if if there's going to be if there's going to be a hundred thousand people watching the Super Bowl just so they can see, oh, they they put Taylor Swift on the screen. They put her. I can't believe it. I'm going to go on Twitter and complain. Then guess what? The NFL does not care. They got a hundred thousand more viewers. So keep pushing Taylor Swift. That's right. And that's what I think the main problem is: is they are just cashing in, and it just so happens that it's the best quarterback in the league on questionably the best team in the league, and they are going for their fourth Super Bowl in five years. There we go. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, continue. Sorry we interrupted. No, no, you're fine. No, that was good. That was why it's called Taylor's version. I wanted this. Yeah, we also don't have much else to talk about. We don't have a lot of sports. We're at a a lull this week. No hockey, no football. So if you want to throw a bet the rent, if you have a basketball parlay, I would love that. I have no bet the rent, and Ant doesn't have a bet the I have rent. A Super Bowl bet the rent. Well, I was, I have one that, too. I'm going to do it next. That's week. a next weaker. Uh, then yeah, I'll save it. Then yeah, no, 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 no. That's fine. We're already at 40 minutes, so and oh, I've got yeah. two more in no particular order. So, so we're good. No, no, no. We're good with this. I we're good here. Yeah, you know we what? do. We got grinders. We, we don't have to say it on the. We don't have to say it on the episode. You can post it on on TikTok or Instagram. Yeah, you can that's post fine. Your All right, let's move on. So the good this week is. The FA Cup in England, Anthony, I, I, I did I'm this with you. Out. Here you go. What? said, I'm checked out. Here's the mic, Nikki. <laughs> no, I did this for you. I mean, I did this for you because. I'm back. Because you're into the levels and everything. Just la- hear me out. Listen here, to this. Yeah. This is an unbelievable story. Okay. And if, and if anybody listening is a close enough follower of soccer, especially English football, You'll know what I'm saying. So the FA Cup in England is a breeding ground for like lower level teams to show what they've got against some of the top flight teams. The way that it shakes out is that teams from way down in the leagues end up playing t- higher level teams in these these England League Cups. So there's a team in the, uh, the National League South which is the sixth level, the sixth uh, league down. And the team is called Maidstone United. They're not even a top two team. They're the fourth place team in National League South. This is a semi-pro team, okay? They're not fully professional. This is not the National League. It's National League South. And then there's National League North, National League, League Two, League One, Championship, Premier League. They're six levels down. Okay, I cannot say that enough. They def- so, hold on, Adam, before I so this is like a we're talking like rookie ball team, like summer league, Cape yeah, Cod, yeah, like Cape Cod League, yeah. Okay, this is like, yeah, it's 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 semi pro. It's not professional. I think for context, it should be stated that the top-tier teams don't take the FA Cup seriously and use it as a chance to play their rookies and their younger prospects. And that gives the lower teams a chance, a better chance to show their uh, potential. But with that being said, Nick, we're talking about Premier League teams. We're not talking about teams in the championship. Okay? I like that you said that. So they went up against Ipswich, who you've heard on this podcast before because they're the second place team in the championship to Leicester, who's in first. Um, and, and they've drawn both games with Leicester this season, uh, 1-1. 
in uh, both contests. They made Stone United. Never heard of that team before Saturday. Nick, can you move that toy? All I do is I keep hearing underwater sounds coming out of Benny. I'm afraid he's going to eat that. <laughs> Maidstone United defeated, defeated Ipswich 2-1. This is not an Ipswich team that was um, Ipswich Town, I should say. This is not an Ipswich team that was playing their rookies. This is not a team that was taking it easy. This is a team that was playing at home with all their fans. Um, they're clawing their way back to the Premier League. I'm sure they're going to make it back because they are their second place unless a collapse happens. Um, just for context, Maidstone United is 98 places below Ipswich standings-wise from, from league to league. They're separated by 98 places, and Maidstone won the game. I can say it, and some people won't even understand how big a deal that is. There were 4,500 Maidstone United fans at the game, probably their whole fan base, or at least half of their whole fan base, that showed up just to watch this game and saw their team win. So now they move on to the fifth round of the FA Cup. So they've already won four games. The fifth game will either be against Sheffield Wednesday or Coventry. Both teams are in the championship as well. They've already beaten one. Their goal, what they've been saying, because I've been reading article after article on this team and getting to know this team, is they want to play a Premier League team. That's their goal. It's probably going to be their only shot to do it. You know what I mean? It's like this, this dream team. So it's a brilliant story. And I really hope they get the win. So the next game that they play in the FA Cup, the games are like once a month. So it's at the end of February, the next game, pretty sure. Um, and so we'll see what happens. If they win that game, uh, then they'll most definitely play a lower-ranked Premier League team, which is just incredible. So the only thing that, like, great story, but we had, the this was our most popular episode, and we had you and Eli just tag teaming me um this kind of just proves like it's really not it's not a it's not a big skill gap i feel like i feel like it's just an athleticism gap whereas like you can see like the d2 teams or the d1 double a teams upset the d1 teams and like yeah it's that's not an it's a skill thing like there are some very good division two teams there's some very good division one double a teams stuff like that where it's like if you can see a team that's so much worse beat a team, it's like, A, it just seems incredibly, you know, it's it's an incredibly simple sport. I've gotten yelled at for that before. It's an incredibly simple sport, and at the end of the day, I feel like there's a lot of less of a skill issue that separates them by 98 teams, and it's an athleticism issue. Yeah. It is. And it, what happens is it's just on that day at that time, was the time for Maidstone United to win. Maybe if they played the day after, it was a 6-0 win for Ipswich. But that's the beauty of the sport and these tournaments that, that get played is that any team can go far. Any, any given team can win a game when they need to win a game. Yeah, because, I mean, 
I feel like, and, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be somewhat honest here. Like, I feel like soccer might be the only sport where that could really happen. Because, yeah. Because I don't, you know, you won't be seeing any juniors team beating up on a mid-tier NHL team, like or you, even the worst NHL you won't team. See, you won't see a, a single A baseball team ever beating an MLB team. Like, I don't know. It just this this kind of. I don't it, it, it like it almost sours soccer for me a little bit. Like I think this took a step back for me. Like it's an awesome story and I like that and like I would definitely support Maidstone United because it's a sick name. How first how, off how does that lessen soccer for you? Because if a high school team can be if a semi pro team can beat a team that's about to be in the highest league in English football, then it's just like I it, it's it, there's more to it than that though. It's not just as simple as they won the game. It it was the right time and the right place. Of course, it's that whole any given day you can any team can beat any team. But again, like there has to be. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm missing the point here. I think you might be. If, now I, I will also say Ipswich is sliding down. They I mean they should advance to the Premier League, but they are limping right now. They've got a lot of injuries. Um, but the, the beauty of it for Maidstone United is that they don't care. They beat of course. the second place team in the championship. But like, to me, it just seems like from however many times of playing, you know, playing fo- football or whatever, like the JV team never beats the varsity team. It's just how it goes. It's a, it's a size issue. It's a skill issue. It's a talent issue. Like, listen, these JV, you know, there might be individual victories where a JV player earns a varsity spot because he whoops the, the varsity guy one-on-one or something like that. Like, that always happens. But as a whole, like, I don't see I don't see it being that. Whereas, like, if this is the case, like, the JV soccer team can absolutely go out and beat the varsity soccer team. And Like, I guess that's cool with the any given, you know, the any given Sunday. But, like, to me, it just doesn't itch that. It doesn't scratch that itch in the part of my brain where it's like, oh, this is a cool sport to watch. See, but I think if, if uh, like, the NBA or the NFL had multiple leagues like that and there was that much money being passed around in the sport for yeah. there to be so many players and so many teams playing at a professional level, then you would see teams, like, if there was, like, a cup where a lower NFL team played a higher NFL team and the NFL team cared more about the Super Bowl than that cup, then you'd see, like, maybe Mahomes not play because they don't want him to get injured and they'd rather him play the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs might lose to a lower league team. And I just looked to to confirm my point before. uh, In Ipswich's draw with Leicester the other day, not a single player from that starting lineup played in the starting lineup versus Maidstone United. It is a completely different roster. It's all guys that don't get to play. No, I to- I totally get that. I under- it's that's good for the sport. Because I love that because Ipswich, you're you're getting your trial. You're- Ipswich wants to make sure they get back to the top. Yeah. So they don't want their players to get injured against Maidstone United. No, I I totally get that. But my you know my counterpoint like- to that my counterpoint to that is the XFL a couple years ago the MVP of the XFL was PJ Walker. PJ Walker is a third string quarterback at best, and he was the best player in that league. So again, that is a talent issue. Whereas you could realistically right you could probably take the best player off the maidstone united team and they could probably make a champions roster 
I, I, I can't I can't not see it as long as they're athletic enough they're going to give them a shot and let's be real let's compare uh you know I don't know the football the soccer positions like who is your main scorer like what the striker okay that's what I thought so like you know an athletic striker on made on 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 Maidstone can also be an athletic striker on Leicester we'll say but in the same in the same breath right a quarterback for a division three team can absolutely not be a quarterback on a division one team it's just so much of a skill gap right that it's never going to happen whereas like I kind of feel like the leagues and such don't really make sense in that aspect to me I understand where you're coming from but I've seen like d3 basketball teams beat d1 basketball teams I'm not saying a D3 team would be an NBA team, but I've seen D3 basketball teams be D1 basketball teams. No, that's an well, that's another sport. It kind of almost proves my point. Whereas, like, that's mostly a size issue. Yeah, because you know you're not getting you're not getting your your Division three five foot eight white guys that went to Newtown High School. They're not they're not going up against Donovan Klingon. Yeah. There's a reason Donovan Klingon's D1. There's yeah. a reason these guys are D3. So I understand that, but. It's it's just it's tough for me because I think it's like the the I don't want to say skillless because that got me yelled at before, but it's like a big it's a big skill like it's a skill thing. Whereas like I feel like it's just so simple and so elementary of a sport that literally anybody can be good at it as yeah. long as they're a little athletic. Yeah, I I see that. I just I think my only thing is that. With the NFL, it's such a countrywide sport. It's not really worldwide. Yeah. If if the world had the NFL pull, I think you'd see more uh, talent out there. Like well, if I'm, other countries cared as I much. I mean, they did. They had like NFL Europe, and it was just a bust. Like it was awful. Exactly. But like you see, like the FIBA World Cup for basketball, some of those teams compete. Spain is a good team. Yeah, but how many times is there a player on a Spanish team that doesn't get? looks from the NFL or looks from the NBA a lot of the time but, so but you will see them win in the in the FIBA World Cup but let's say 95% of the time they're going to get beat by the US it's usually going to happen right let's look at I mean let's look at the World Baseball Classic everybody knew the finals was going to be either the US Japan Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic see but to me that's what makes those sports less complex and less exciting it's boring to know who's always going to win but in the fifa world cup yeah anyone can win anyone can win. i I like that this is why i love soccer because of this because any team can win that's what that's why i know you're saying it's kind of yeah i get it like that i mean i'm not going to pick on them but like team israel was like their pitch their their ace of the staff was like an accountant during the day yeah and he, so it's like you know like team italy was like they had like no, no so way. like i under like i get it but it's like to me it's it's just i don't think i don't know i don't know I, i'm i'm very big on your the best athletes are always going to win the best constructed roster is always going to win the best players usually win out um and i just don't think you know what i mean like i don't i don't think that's necessarily a soccer thing and that kind of kind of proves it because because we're getting these teams where it's like oh anybody can win like 
that's what's yeah that's the that's a good part about sports we love the underdog story we love things that come together but at the end of the day usually in sports the cream rises to the top and you're uh, there's a reason why the super bowl is the chiefs and the niners there's a reason last year why the texas rangers won the world series there's a reason why last year vegas won the cup it's because they had the best constructed roster they had the best players and it's very rarely why you see the MVPs of leagues win championships because they stand out for the most part. They stand out so much above their other teammates that they're lacking in another aspect. Yes, but I really think that's just what makes it more interesting. What makes soccer more interesting is that you can have like it's not just the best players win that day. There's so much more that goes into it. It's what formation are you putting on, on the field? What matchups are you playing? What is your manager? What is your relationship with your manager? So many clubs have issues with their manager. I mean, they get canned instantly. It's not like the NFL where they'll stick it out with a bad coach for however long, even if the fans don't want them. They will get rid of them. Yeah, one game goes 7-0. Gone. But if I could, if I could find a fifteen-year-old off the street that's semi-fast and can kick a ball in a general direction, oh boy, I have, oh I have, boy, I have somebody that can play top to bottom in any on any team. Oh, and that's be successful. so bad. That's bad. I'm I'm done with soccer now. That you ruined it. You ruined it for me. That was a te- that was the worst take in forty-six episodes How? of this How? whole show. How was that a bad take? I could kick a soccer ball. Okay. Are you incredibly fat? Are you an athletic specimen, Chris? Uh, to Sabrina, I am. Yes. <laughs> to your camp, for obvious reasons, you are as well, yes. too. Yes. <laughs> Chris, we are not specimens, pal. <laughs> I will lump myself in with that. We're not specimens. Okay. I know. There's a reason There's a reason why I played Division Three football and not Division One football. My technique was great. I was good at blocking, but I'm not very big, not the strongest guy. There's a reason. You see how many players that just do something as, a, like, how many, I'm trying to think, like, how many people can run track can also just pick up soccer like it's nothing? Well, because they're already a specimen. Yeah. yeah. How many people run track can pick up football? How many people that run track can pick up baseball? How many people that run track can pick up lacrosse? It's just there's there's a reason why it's the most popular sport yeah. in the world. It's because it's the it's sim- one of the best. Yeah, there's it's because it's the simplest and the easiest sport in the entire world. Oh boy! All right, I'm moving on. The end this week, and now this is just turned into the episode, and that's okay. I, I, I enjoy this. It's that's okay. Kinda, it's kind of what I wanted it to be. It's okay. It's absolutely fine. Uh, the end, and I wanted to then we could end our show on this and go right into Grammys grinders after I this. Uh, I mean, we're just about at an hour anyway. We should all agree on this. We should all agree on this. Yeah. I, I mean, this one should be the bad. I just wanted to rile Nick up, to be honest. Um, Greg Olson is being replaced by Tom Brady on Fox as the lead color commentator. It's not been announced 100% officially. It's like 99.99% officially. Um, Brady is expected to sign a 10-year, $375 million contract with Fox, which is just an absurd amount of money for a guy that's got all the money in the world anyway, and now he's single. 
and, and, you know, who cares? But I know TB12 is a bigger name than Greg Olson. But you are not going to find a better color commentator in football unless his name is Ant Barberi. Oh, thanks, bud. I'm telling you right now, Greg Olson is the best thing that happened to Fox Sports this season. Okay? He's the best thing that happened to the NFL this season, I think. Um, because his Not games... Taylor Swift? His, no. His <laughs> games... Taylor Swift is the best thing that happened for the NFL. Um, but no, I think Greg Olson's games, he can... He scratches an itch yes. for for the... I don't want to say football savant, but the people that know what they're talking about, you and I, even Nick, to an you know to an extent, he can break down formations and plays, and this is what I think is going to happen. So he has that skill that Tony Romo has without going too overboard. Yes, and he can also, yes. and he can also explain something to somebody who's never seen a game of football before. That's the point I wanted to make. He is so good at explaining any play in a way that even the most basic of fan can understand. Even if it's your first time watching a football game, uh, Greg Olson can deliver it in such a way that's digestible. Um, and, and listen, Anthony knows all the, all the play names, all the, the formations. He knows all of that. I don't. I never played football, so I don't know. I mean, I know some of them, but I don't know them like Ant does. Uh, but I feel like I do when I listen to Greg Olson. I know exactly what's going on. Tony Romo talks. He knows what he's talking about, that's for sure. And I know Tom Brady does. What? Tony Romo's the worst. He knows what he's talking about. I don't hate Tony Romo by any stretch, but... He is over the top. We we talked about it on the show before. I think Romo just overcomplicates a lot of stuff. Yes. Where it's like, what are you talking about? Whereas like Olsen's like, hey, this is what this means in football terms. And in regular terms, this means that there's one running back and two tight ends on the field. I love when he and you're does like, those oh, things. Awesome. Like, that's great. I love it. And, and he does it quickly because as a color guy, you have to be quick because you only have a maximum of what 40 seconds Listen, to this talk. is this is me being bold here um having done color and play-by-play color so much harder you have um, to pick spots so much faster i mean especially division three where there's no replays and no timeouts and it's like to put on i don't want to pat myself on the back but like to put on oh, a decent it. to put on a decent show between the two of us because at the end of the day it is a show, a show. To, show put on, to put on a good one between the both of us like with no TV timeouts, with mostly a hurry-up offense, like it's really hard. With nobody telling us, "Oh, hey, this is the player that made the tackle." We don't have a spotter. Right. Bart has a spotter, and he still sounds like a toilet. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're we're out of season, and I hope you hear this, Lori, and I hope you hear it too, Bart. Oh, we're coming for your seat, pal. You don't deserve the face cam. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> And I do mean blocked. Blockity block, 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 block. Yeah, thanks, Bart. I can understand he blocked it. But do you want to, do you want me to tell you why he blocked it? Because he overloaded one side, Bart. I love when he goes. Oh, on. I can't stand that, man. The point is, Tom Brady is going to come in. Now, I've always been a Tom Brady fan, okay? 
but I'm not a fan of this move. I and I know Anthony's not. He said that he texted the group and goes, "This is the bat of the week," and I I really do agree. Um, I I'm not saying he shouldn't be a broadcaster. I know he will be an incredibly good broadcaster. He he is the goat. Yada yada yada. Quarterback. Uh, he's got all the plays down. He, I'm sure he's got the name. He's yeah. got a brand. Good. I love when they have Peyton Manning on the yes. broadcast. Yeah, the Peyton and Eli broadcasts are great. But here's the thing. The fact that just because of who he is, he gets the bump, arguably the best color commentator in the game. If you say Chris Collinsworth, you've never watched a game in your life. It's Don't time, you dare. It's time for Collinsworth to hang it's it up. It's time I to go. Realize, I didn't realize how long he's been doing it. Oh. Oh, I don't know about that. Couldn't listen to Romo in the Ravens game. You can ask mom. We were gonna like turn the TV off. You did turn it off. But but I don't like that. Just because of who somebody is, he's upending. No, this somebody is, who's proven himself. This is, I mean, this is quite literally replacing your your all star quarterback. Like they just had the best season of their career, but it's like. We're gonna bring in this guy just because just because, because of, of the his, name. his previous stats yeah. Yeah. as a player. Yeah, and and who knows? He might be the he might be Brady might be the goat broadcaster as well too. I'm sure he's gonna be great. He's gonna be great. But again, it's just you don't you can't if you're Fox you cannot replace Greg Olson because what they're gonna do is they're gonna put him on these on on the not national broadcasts and he's gonna be getting these you know these one o'clock Carolina versus Tampa games right. And, you know, Chris and I can call those games because nobody's, you know, there's not a real, he's going to get demoted down to the local and he Only should not local, be demoted right. to the local. Like, even if, you, if you're Fox, you have to find a way to keep him in that booth, even if you go three team and two colors. Like, that's, or, or have him on the sideline. Or, like, you just have to have some form of input from Greg Olson. Oh, I completely agree. Because yeah. it's, who does, he, who does he call it with? Usually Mike Tarico, right? No. No. Who is Greg Olson with? Oh. <sighs> I always forget his name. It's not Aikman. No. no, no. Olsen. Is it Kirk Herbstreit? Oh, I like Kirk Herbstreit. I think it is. Yes. Yes, it's yeah. Olsen and Kirk. I don't mind Kirk Herbstreit. He was the voice of a generation for NCAA football. Love him. Um... But again, man, like if there were broadcaster awards, like he if there was a Pro Bowl for broadcasters, he would be. Oh, no. Kevin Burkhart. I'm right. so sorry. Kevin Burkhart. Kevin Burkhart, who's fantastic. Love Kevin Burkhart, too. Mike, who is what is Mike Tarico doing right now? Tarico does Sunday night, Sunday night. Every episode. Tarico does Sunday night football. That's right. That's right. That's it. And so. um yeah. What? Oh, I did. That's a- After technical difficulties, we're back. By technical difficulties, Chris knocked the sound box yes. off of the desk again. Tariko's on Sunday night. Tariko is on Sunday night. Um, but no, I think the Super Bowl, this is my last point on this. I think the Super Bowl should be decided by uh, broadcast team by fan vote. I think the NFL should pay whomever to do whatever because they make that amount of money. But... I don't want to sit through a year of, thank God it's not Joe Buck anymore, but I don't want to sit through a, a year of, you know, of, of Tony Romo 
because Greg Olson had the better year and he should be on color. So I think there should be some form of some form of voting, and the NFL broadcasts it on either channel, and they do their own they do their own broadcast. So that's 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 it for me. I think that would work out. It would be cool. Makes no financial sense. So Roger Goodell would never do it. On to Grammys grinders. Go ahead, Ant. Um, easy segue. My Grammys grinder, uh, Mr. Greg Olson. Nice. Uh, Greg Olson. Uh, this was going to be it before the uh, before the. Announcement of Tom Brady, Greg Olson had a unbelievable season as the main color guy for Fox. Um, again, I think he's quickly climbing the ranks of my favorite broadcasters, um, maybe of all time. I don't know if this has been good enough sample size, but definitely somebody that I have tried to emulate in my own games. It, it, hopefully you guys have heard it yes, on WXCI. Um but somebody I've tried to emulate in, in bringing the sports knowledge to the layman. So my Grammys grinder, just because he was a great player, that's uh, third leg G-Reg from the U, um, Greg Olson, Grammys grinder. Nice. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, my Grammys grinder is uh, the New York Knicks. In general, the New York Knicks, uh, they are having an incredible month. Two losses in the entire month of January uh, and the past two games. One, uh, two blowouts against two good teams without Julius Randle, without OG Ananobi, without Toppin, without Mitchell Robinson, and more specifically, my my grinder grinder for the Knicks is Dante DiVincenzo, who's averaging 23 over the last seven games, and he put up a 28 and 33 bomb in his last two games with five assists and four rebounds. Wow, nice Nick. Good one. The Knicks. All right. Mine is uh, the only thing I'll say about hockey today. Um, I can't finish an episode without talking about hockey for at least one minute. Uh, Rick Tockett is my Grammys Grinder of the Week. The head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. The front runner for the Jack Adams right now. Um, his team is a bunch of believers, uh, and they're at the top of the NHL standings. I do want to cut you off. Of course you do. Uh, you said top of the NHL standings, team of believers. They just got better because as of an hour ago, Elias Lindholm has been traded to the Canucks. Wow. <laughs> From the Flames to the Canucks. Wow. Nice. 33-11-5. Tied with the Bruins at the top of the NHL standings at the All-Star break. What an incredible season. Uh, from a team that nobody had. Uh, listen, Quinn Hughes. If you're not talking about him as one of the best defensemen in the NHL right now, then you're you're absolutely out of your mind. Um, I saw a fan graph uh, of the top NHL defensemen, and they put Adam Fox on the Rangers above Quinn Hughes, which means they're a Rangers fan. That's all that means. Um, because, sure, Adam Fox has won a Norris in his career already at a very young age, but Quinn Hughes is one of the top one of the top two defensemen in the NHL this season, and nobody could tell me otherwise. Um, uh, I This guy is unbelievable. Um, I've seen it happen twice this season in overtime myself at <laughs> the same player. Um, but yeah, Rick Tockett is the Grammys grinder for his work with the Vancouver Canucks. Shout out to the Canucks. Always nice to see somebody else in it. So nice to see somebody else in it. Yeah. All right. Listen, follow us on Instagram at sports and spaghetti pod. We're up and running. 
The, the posts went up. The views went back up. Well done, sir. That's thanks to you, Nick. Uh, or on, on TikTok at Sports and Spag Pod. Make sure you like, comment, and let us know what you think. Th that really uh, holds true now because we have these segments going up and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, I'm Chris, and that's Nick, and that's Ant. And thanks for tuning in today to Sports and Spaghetti. Go ahead, Ant. Take us away. As always, you just heard it. I'm Ant. That's Chris. Take care of your loved ones. Try color commentating. And as always, stay full.